Are we starting with the Socceroos first? <laughs> Do we have to? <laughs> Sam, please. Welcome to the Night Shift Football Podcast. Settling in for what's probably going to be a bite-sized one this week because it's one of those shitty international weeks of football that no one really gives a crap about. But it does mean the Socceroos played twice. We're going to talk about those games, a thumping of the mighty Chinese 3-0. And then we just got over the line against Asian powerhouses Vietnam on Tuesday night. So plenty to cover there, I'm sure. It will be just an absolute blast. Here to go along for the ride with us, as always, is Tomas. I was gonna. I was trying to think of something funny to say for your name again, but I, I got nothing because I'm just. It's bored. hard. International week. It's a low. Yeah, it's a low effort pod because it's been a low effort week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the international break always creeps up on you. I was just settling in and enjoying the football every week, and then fuck's sake, we have to watch our national team play again. And appa- oh. <laughs> apparently. Apparently, we're the only ones that feel this way. <laughs> yeah, uh, not only do we have to watch the national team play again, we have to endure all this chat coming out this morning about how great they are too. How good are the Socceroos? Did you know they're so good? Why is this team immune from criticism, Sam? Aren't even described us as a, a great team. It, even great teams don't play their best all the time. In context, what are you talking he des- about? In context, he described it as a great team team because we didn't play well against vietnam but still won like (laughs) buddy champ tiger it's vietnam it's viet fucking nam 92nd in the world 92nd in the world yeah they had i mean they've had a pretty good qualifying campaign they beat our old arch nemesis Thailand to get into this um, this last stage of qualifying. But there's been, you know, you said Tiger then. I think Tiger's a good, paper Tiger's a good way to describe the Socceroos at the moment. Like we just, we loom up as a threat wherever we go, obviously. And then I feel like we're just doing enough to get by in these games, which appears to be more than enough for the vast majority of the media punditry in this country. Yeah, nah, fair. Uh, we're probably, anything I say on this game is going to be repeating stuff I've already said about this squad and this side and this coach. Um, but uh, it is important to get these two wins early, I guess, uh, particularly the Chinese one. We've still, I still think we're going to be limping around in this group in future games. I don't know what happened with China there, but um, did you catch? Did you catch the China game? I no, I did not watch this game. No. I think it was at four thirty uh, like, in the morning or something. Yeah, three thirty a.m. or something like that. I caught some highlights. Dude. Happy with a three 0 win. Our boy, I wear my bill on the score sheet with Marty Boyle and everyone's favorite Socceroos striker. <laughs> Mitchell Jig. Mitchell Jig. Mitchell Jig scored a goal. Yeah. He's um, back. It was quite a well, it was quite a well taken goal, actually. I, I thought we were okay uh against China from what I saw. Um did the little mini match thing. 
uh, thought the reigning pandemic champions had the better, like had the better of us pretty much until we scored two. And then when we scored two, you know, we really could just control the game basically from there. And, um, and so that changed the dynamic of it. We didn't have to do too much. Yeah. We got out of that. It's a good, it's a good way to start. Like we, <laughs> we hang shit on it because we're not enthused about our chances, I think in the world cup. And that's, I think that's where the conversation is going to go. But but right now, in this qualifying campaign, we've got two away wins under the belt straight away. And like that's um that's so advantageous, in, especially when you consider the conditions that they played in. Really, really crazy humidity and temperatures. Yeah. The pitch was, you know, pitches aren't great. Well, I um, think the I think the first game the first game was a home. That's meant to be a home fixture, I think, that we've just played. The China game. Are we going to get that back? Are they just swapping I them? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Well, was it in China? No, it was in a, like a neutral location, I think, actually. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if we will get that back. China will probably get the home one the next time. If, if teams can even host, who knows what the hell is going on. It's bizarre that we even have international football still um, of this sort. I guess the Euros went ahead and we're all happy to see it. But now that club football's back, I think we all just wish international football would just piss off. Yeah, just give us a break just for a little bit because it's throwing up and we're going to probably get on it later again. All sorts of conundrums, man. All sorts of problems. Um, even for just Australia not being able to play games in Australia. Like, that's it's crazy, man. Yeah. Why are we foregoing home games? Yeah, I know. Uh, it's nuts. Um, directive from... The A, what are they called? The AFC. Yeah, it would be a directive from them, I guess, to play these games away. Um, they they played it in Doha in Qatar, the Chinese game. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, which would Congrats. have been crazy temps again. Congrats, Australia. Well done. Yeah. I'm well, riveted. it's a good test run. Good test run for the uh, World Cup next year. Yeah, I'll take it. I'm just being real miserable and sour about it because I didn't watch it. and. <laughs> And Mitchell Duke scored. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's counterbalanced by um, South Australian hero Aweber Bill scoring. So, yeah, that's fair. And that's also, China's uh, Chinese halftime substitute Wang Gang came on. No way! How'd the Wang Gang go? Wang Gang came on at halftime. So good for him. Good for him to get a shot. Well done, Wang Gang. Yeah, he was instrumental from what I saw. Wreaking havoc the, down the wings, man. How about we go straight on to the Vietnam game? And I've got maybe a topic of discussion we can go over a bit here. Uh, we got, I got a message sent through from Ben asking, can you please critique Rogic's lack of ability to stop running 30 metres towards goal <laughs> after he loses the ball like he is a road train, needing to apply the brakes? Every time he loses possession... He takes, he takes himself completely out of the play, I'm guessing, so he then doesn't have to defend. <laughs> what do you think of this attack on Tommy Rogic? It is an attack for sure. It's defamatory. And, you know, as, as the third-party proprietors here, we could be in trouble for this now, Sam. Oh, yeah. Sue us, Tom Rogic. Yeah. Um, now, nonetheless... 
look, I, there's some merit to it for sure. Um, I think it's great to see him back. He hasn't played for however many years, three years for the Socceroos. Yeah. And I think it's hilarious that it's like Ange Postacoglu that's got Rogic back into the Socceroos and he's not even managing the Socceroos anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, Tom, Tom Rogic. It's has- fair. I think it's a fair comment. He does do this. Yeah, he does. Tom Rogic has built a bit of a reputation amongst Celtic fans as being a one-way, one-way footballer. He doesn't really offer anything defensively <laughs> at all. I don't know about the... <laughs> it's the old Southern Expressway. I don't know about the road train business, but um, Ben went on to say, I like the bloke. <laughs> Quote, I like the bloke, but dead set, he ran directly into two defenders last night. <laughs> they tackled him and he kept running 20 metres forward, head shaking, hands in the air, as if it was the world's <laughs> biggest injustice. The two international defenders didn't let him just walk through. Love well, that. Do they not know who he is? <laughs> yeah, how oh, dare no, they tackle great... Sir Tom Rogic? Uh, yeah. no, he would he would have a deed and a, a title of land out in Scotland by now, surely. Oh, who knows? Potentially. We, um, we need to start a campaign to get him get him served. Get that man lauded. Get him served. Um, if I can, another good note of this one. How good to see the likes of Oe Mobile and Riley McGree both starting in the same lineup against Vietnam as well. It's excellent. It's testament to South Australian football, Adelaide United. Um, it's great that we can produce, you know, players out of our backyard. And we're going to talk specifically the northern suburbs. Uh, it's just, it's such a great reflection of all the stuff that we love about, our, you know, our football community and the football culture out, out in the northern suburbs and South Australia more widely. Um, they're just, they're great players and they always show up for Australia as well, which is, what more can you ask for? Yeah, 100% agree. Great to see the Gawler Perlo getting his run in the Socceroos. <laughs> <laughs> he deserves it. The guy, is, he's, a, he's a star. Um, he just, I guess, Australia has a bit of a long list of midfielders that Arnie likes to go through. I'm still not sold on which our best three are at this current point of time. Especially was, Rogic on, is back in the picture and Aaron Moy. You're right. That's Rogic throws in an interesting dynamic. And maybe, maybe for Arnold, who looks like he's going to change the formation depending on who we're playing and depending on the conditions, it's a good option to have Rogic and also, you know, Riley McGree and uh, Huristic as well, who has just been fucking great. What a gem, man. Yeah. His composure, his decision-making, his ability to play a pass, you know, um, in the Vietnam game, his his ball to Ryan Grant is just impeccable, dude. First, first, uh, like off one step, first touch. Yeah, no, nah, excellent. Um, definitely some headaches there. I still, it'd be a shame. Uh, it's just a shame we can't somehow turn this long list of midfielders into having a couple of extra strikers because oh, I just, it be is kind of, I don't know why McLaren isn't there. I haven't actually read into it, but no tag. Uh, having Tagger and Mitch Duke as your central striker options to me, there's like there has to be someone else. There has to be. I don't think there is. I honestly don't think there is anybody else. 
uh, you what know, does maybe, that say? Maybe Nikita Rukovica, who is scoring goals in Israel. I mean, potentially you should throw a bone to him and see how he goes. But he's that's another guy that we've tried before and it hasn't worked out. And we're just, that's us just fishing in the same pond over and over. You know, I think Martin Boyle is the option going forward. He was the, the newly capped guy a couple of years ago. I think he's the one that can really playing out wide or spearheading the attack, playing as a second striker perhaps as well. I think that's who we should be. You know, if he can stay injury free, which is his big worry. He's injured again. Yeah. Um, can't catch a break, old Marty Boyle. But he is, yeah, When every time I see him play, whether it's for Hibs or for Australia, he looks a bit more lively, pretty good on the ball, can hold it up. I just, we get, we kind of get absolute crickets out of Taggart. And we all know how we yeah. feel about Mitch Duke. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when McLaren comes back, he's the obvious number one. So we can rely on him as well. Like you, I'm not sure what his issue is right now. Fair enough. Um, I've just about ran out of things to say about these Socceroos games because I didn't see much of it. Have you got anything else? Yeah, no, not about the games. We can talk about the fallout now. This is my favorite part. Absolutely. Here we go. I've got a little bit. um, I've got a little bit um, shit stirring, should we say, uh, on Twitter this morning because I just. There's just something about this un, you know, this inability to criticize this Socceroos team at the moment. And I, I, I look back on the Socceroos, and my favorite part about them underperforming was the fact that we were just, we were, we would all sink the boot into them, <laughs> and we could, <laughs> and we could vent our collective grief, and the Socceroos would bear it. But, you know, now it appears that there's only one. There's only one train and it's, it's all positive criticism. Uh, it's all positive um, fucking comments. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so mad. I can't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> we can't criticize the Socceroos anymore. It's so bizarre to me. There's been just people going nuts uh, in the media today. Like this, this is just one tweet today. Reading much of the commentary following the Socceroos win and shaking my head, to be honest. When it comes to World Cup qualifiers, there are no such things as ugly wins or pretty wins. There are only wins, which in the long graft of qualification are gold. That's a stirring speech, man. But did you just watch that 90 minutes of football? Yeah. No, we we went through this during the last qualifying period where some of the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> some of the games we played um, by last qualifying period I mean the group stage before this um, where we conceded goals to Chinese Taipei and whatnot and um, you should be critical because when you come up against a good side like we're going to have to face pretty soon and like we will face if we do get to a World Cup like it's going to be a shit show. There's no point in even getting there if you're going to get absolutely embarrassed. And I fear this team will get embarrassed because they constantly concede just so many, like they concede so many chances that a better team would just put away. Like some of the chances Vietnam had last night, like, what? I don't know why. Uh, I don't know. I just don't know. I just don't know. There were some blatant 
um, chances that, yeah, you're right. Nations where the more clinical striker would have taken, you know, we, I think we rode our luck with the um, Ryan Grant handball decision as well. As soon as you turn your back, as soon as you turn your back on the shot, you're really not in control of where your body is. Like that's for me, that that's how, like, that's how we're taught. And that's how we're, you're going to do it. You've got to wear it face on, but you've got to keep your arms by your side. As soon as you turn around, I thought we were very lucky, I think, yeah. to get away with that. Yeah, maybe. Um, I don't feel too strongly either way. I'm more annoyed about, uh, yeah, some of the stuff you said like this morning about people coming out and just acting like Arnie has done the greatest job ever as coach of the Socceroos. And I just don't see it. I'm I'll looking it- personally. Personally, for me, I'm looking forward to the World Cup. And that's like, we're in the final stage of qualifying. Like, it's difficult for us to not go through, in a sense, in that, you know, the last Ange campaign was described as diabolical. And yet we still managed to, <laughs> we still managed to rock up at the World Cup. And I, I wonder now that we've, we've been four consecutive World Cups now, and we haven't really left a mark since that first one in 2006. And it's like, do we just want to continue rocking up, losing three games, and then going home? Like, is that is that what we is that what we're doing? Is that what the plan is? It doesn't look like we're planning for how we're going to progress through the World Cup at the moment. Yeah, no, hundred percent agree. Yeah, <laughs> you got anything else? I don't really know how to add to that, <laughs> but I just agree completely with everything you just said. So, yeah, for sure. Um, it just, yeah, it just leaves me a little bit. I mean, 10, 10 wins in a row. We're in like, we're in good company now. We're one of four teams to do that in World Cup qualifying. It's like when it's we talk achievement. about, it's like when we talk about like the, um, when we talk about the English first division and, um, you know, those clubs that are just, their job is to sit 13th, 14th, 15th every season. Yeah. Every season, revenue. year in, year out. Losing most weeks, getting the odd draw, maybe knocking a big side off once a season, if that. Um, but they're just happy to be there. How long can you exist in that sort of space? Like with the money that Australia spends on its sport and the resources we have available to us as a pretty luckily advanced kind of developed country, we we should be probably, I know we're, we punch above our weight in terms of population maybe, but in terms of resources, we should be doing a lot better. And that was the whole point of us moving into Asia. It's no good us moving in. Like, how long have we been in Asia for now? A long time. It's yeah, no point us years. It's been a long being time. here. And because the goal was to make it, um, I guess to develop um, at first, Asia would be a challenge for us. And then we'd get better and be able to take on Asia and then qualify for the World Cup that way. And now we're able to do that, but it kind of, it's just kind of stopped at that, like you said. And so, like, what is the next step here? Or are we just, is this our existence now, just scrambling through Asia, hoping to get to the World Cup? Well, or almost knowing that we likely will get to the World Cup, but for what? Yeah, exactly right. I just, that's, yeah, that's exactly what I've been thinking during this week. And while I was watching the game as well, 
I just, I wonder, you know, this is what Ange was punted from the job for was, you know, it was, it was even said today, like half, halfway through the qualifying campaign, he changed his tactics. And, you know, for me, he changed his tactics because we drew three games in a row and he knew at that stage then what he was doing wasn't going to work for the world cup. And so he tried to change it and he tried to go three at the back. Okay. It didn't work, but I would prefer a manager doing something rather than, I mean, I still don't even know what the shape was for the Vietnam game. It was listed as McGree playing on the right wing, but there's, well, he didn't play on the right wing. He played inside behind. Yeah. No, we always played with two strikers. It looked like a four. So listed as a four, two, three, one, but listed as a four, two, three, one, but I have no idea. That's we've said that time and time again, watching the soccerers have no idea. (laughs) Also interesting. Our fucking, I don't know how this happened, but our mate Brad Smith is back in the frame. At left back. Another, another Do we not have, decision. we've got Aziz Bayic um, there. Do we not have anyone else in the A-League we could give a go to play at left I back? I can't, can't think of anyone in the A-League actually. Can't you? No. We've got no one. We don't have anyone anywhere around the world that can play left back instead of Brad Smith. No. Well, I mean, that's why we've got, we're trialing um, Callum Elder in that position now as well. So really just throwing everything. I, <laughs> Christ, that is grim. Yeah, something has gone wrong along the way in terms of development of players and their progress and paths. And they're probably their incorporation into the Socceroos as well. What we're really... <laughs> I don't want to go too hard on Arnie because what, what I would really like is a continuation of one manager over a long period of time to be able to do like a decade, a generation of players. Maybe it's with Arnie. <laughs> Maybe that's what we're going to do. That's on why that he's above note, criticism. On that note, we should probably stop talking about Australia unless you've got something else. No, well, I mean, you, you mentioned infrastructure before. I just yeah. kind of wanted to deviate quickly into these two Socceroos games that are coming up to be played at home. They're going to be played in October and November. Yeah. Um, and fo- Football Australia Chief James Johnson, great name, he, uh, he came out and was saying that they're going to be played in Sydney. And I thought, surprise, "Mm, mm, Sydney, Sydney, Sydney's in the news right now. Why is Sydney in the news so often right now? Right. It's that fucking deadly pandemic that is running rampant through the exact uh, suburb that they, or the exact area, the LGA as they call it. Um, They want to play it at Bank West in front of a fully vaccinated crowd. They're kind of offering it as like a a token of, hey, go get vaccinated. You can watch the Socceroos. And I thought, okay, well, obviously South Australia have not expressed any interest in getting these games. That that can be my only assumption because South Australia wasn't even mentioned in the press conference because they tipped their hat to Western Australia and said, yeah, we understand the uh, situation over there. We would love to play at Optus Stadium. SA wasn't even mentioned in the entire thing. And yeah. it just makes me wonder, why the fuck, why on earth is South Australia not bidding for this when you've got Adelaide Oval sitting there, which is going to host 25,000 people this weekend? And then you extrapolate it a little bit more and you look at the $700 million stadium they want to build that's going to be basketball, netball, whatever, tennis, what, you know, who cares? 
And you look at it and it's like, there's been 1.2 between Adelaide Oval and this new proposed arena, $1.2 billion worth of investment in sporting infrastructure in SA and none of it concerns football. And like, for me also, that that's like really concerning because I'd love to see a Socceroos game. It's been ages since they've been here. Yeah, that's definitely concerning. I don't reckon they've been here since um, they played Saudi Arabia. Yeah, Rogic scored that banger. Tom Urich was up front with uh, Rogic in behind, scored a banger. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It's hard to, I don't want to say, like, damn our government for not, showing interest in these games when they might have and we don't know about it or... Yeah, I don't know. no, no you're exactly right. I think another big, another big part of it is, I think we all know in this country, aside from AFL, which is like Melbourne pretty the much ruler. through and through, the ruler, yeah. everything else is a bit of a New South Wales, Sydney boys club, all mm. the other sports, NRL... Football, definitely. Definitely football. Yeah. You can see it with the A-League. It's always been the case. It's their, uh, you know, cricket. It's a New South Wales boys club. Yeah, for sure. Cricket's The rest of the country has that to contend with. Um, It's good. It'd be good if Perth got the game. They have to be a clear shot. You would have thought Perth and Adelaide are the main two targets. Why would you not? Why would you not play in Perth and Adelaide? Oh, given dude. the current it circumstances, just... yeah. And then you can bring us home in the latter stages of the qualifying campaign in Sydney and Melbourne, and it just and Brisbane as well. It just like it makes so much sense to do yep. it that way. We have five games at home; they should be played in the five cities. It just yeah, annoys me so much. Yeah, baffling, baffling. All right, you got any more? No, I was going to say, you know what else is baffling? What else Brazil, is baffling? Argentina. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. <laughs> um, <laughs> As always. Oh, if anyone saw the news during the week of the uh, qualifiers in South America, Brazil hosting Argentina, neck minute. We've got supposed uh, or apparent uh, health officials trying to physically handle Argentinian players and take them off the field to deport them. <laughs> what sort of circus is going on there? What is happening? I have no idea. I don't know, Sam. Why? Seven minutes into the game, there's cops on the field. And like, that's not, that's not unknown to South American football. That's happened before. But not these kind of cops. It's like Border Patrol. Yeah. They're trying to it, pick them up and send them packing. It reeks it's- of publicity bullshit. Um, attempts <laughs> like there are many yeah there are many angles to this for starters Brazil has seemingly done fuck all to help <laughs> stop the spread of COVID and yet since the beginning <laughs> since the beginning and then so say they did decide they were going to alright alright we're going to stop these people from coming in how did it reach the point where the game has already started like, and the players are on the field playing a match before someone went, oh, hang on, they shouldn't even be in the country? Like, No point in the change rooms or in the lead-up to the game. 
like just during the game. Had to be during the game. Like it just reeks of a through customs corrupt. when they got yeah, there. Yeah, just <laughs> through customs when they got there. Like no one thought, hang on, Argentina's in town to play Brazil. Brazil, football mad country, not exactly slipping under the radar. Their biggest rival is Argentina. <laughs> Once again, yeah. they're not exactly slipping under the radar. Everyone will be like, oh, who's in town in Argentina? Oh, this player, this player, this player, this player, this player, this player, this four player. Four of them. It wasn't just one. It was four, four of, them. of them. Yeah. Four. And then to have those sort of scenes go on, it's like, oh, it's just, just bullshit from it whoever is responsible done. in Brazil. I don't know who is responsible, but it's just... Yeah, reeks it reeks of, like, of stunt PR on stunt many and yeah. on many levels. Like it could be government, it could be like you know Bolsonaro flexing and saying, "Oh, we are looking after COVID." Oh, he loves flexing. <laughs> Hell's, too. He does, and this seems like a really weird posture statement for him to do. More likely, uh, it's the it's the bloody Brazilian FA trying to get one over Argentina right now because they're on a current unbeaten streak or a winning streak as well. Yeah. Um, there were possibilities of them postponing this game or playing it earlier or, you know, there were opportunities that they didn't really co-opt with. They were like, no, nah, this is the date. We're going to play it on this date, which, you know, on one hand may be fair enough as well. This is your advantage, I suppose. But to do it seven minutes into the game, it's just, it's, it's stunt. It's totally stunt. Yeah. No, Total it's, farce. Um... It's just a farce. <laughs> Absolutely farcical. <laughs> I wonder how... I haven't read anything, but I wonder if FIFA or anyone has made a statement on this. I'm guessing there's stuff out there. I just, once again, another thing I can add to the long list of shit we should Google <laughs> before we do a no, podcast, but it's just, whatever. It's just normal lukewarm bullshit. Just like we condemn this team's actions and we condemn this nation's actions and we condemn these players for doing this, but it doesn't amount to anything. They're not a regulatory body. They don't do anything essentially. They're just there to rake in paychecks. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. Do you have anything else to add on that issue? No, the that wraps Brazil. me. Yeah, I was just um, taking a look forward to try and see what was unfolding when the uh, English top flight returns this weekend and all the other leagues. Um, I just hate international weeks so much. It sucks. Um, <laughs> there's a big relegation battle between Arsenal and Norwich. Already. That's on Saturday He's calling night. calling it. That uh, is actually a massive game for Arteta. Gee whiz. Huge game. Um, has to win. They have to, have to win. Another big one. Uh, Leicester hosting Man City, I think, is a pretty big game. Nice, um, yeah. Beat him not long back. Uh, Leeds hosting Liverpool. Yeah, nervous. Uh, is that this week? Yep, that's this week. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's probably about it for this week. A few other good games in there. I think Southampton, West Ham will probably be my pick of a game to watch. But yeah, definitely. Leicester Man City goals. stands out as the other one. Do you reckon Ronaldo makes his debut? I reckon he makes his debut. Damn. After his antics in Ireland? <laughs> or against his Ireland? Antics, scoring goals. Scoring goals, also punching players. <laughs> yeah, mainly scoring goals. That's what he does. That's his thing. Mainly scoring goals. Mainly scoring goals. Um, so yeah, that's back this week. Thankfully, some actual football is going to be on, so that we can return to uh, maybe a bit of a better pod next week. Uh, 
feel like we fluffed through this, but here we are. I don't know. I kind of like the late night chat. We just about riffed. About just the Sunroos. Yeah. You like it. We offered, we offered the only critique in the media right now. We're, <laughs> we're, con- we're contrarian. <laughs> Probably a good place to end it. Yeah. 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 Fucking hell. Yeah. Fucking Whew. tough week. I'm gonna stay All off right. I'm gonna stay off Twitter for a couple of days. <laughs> All right. Catch you, mate. <laughs> Ciao, dude.